Welcome to Love, Money, and the Law, where you'll find conversations about everything relationships, marriage, and divorce. I'm your host, Cindy Hyde, and my goal is to bring you new insights and points of view through legal, psychological, financial, and spiritual perspectives. Be sure to check out lovemoneylaw.com for live seminars, free videos, and products related to many of the topics we'll discuss. I'm glad you're here. You've decided that a prenuptial agreement is for you. You've spoken to a family law attorney in your state and are ready to proceed. But you have no idea how to approach the subject with your future spouse without blowing up the bedroom. Sound familiar? I'm Cindy Hyde, and this episode of Love, Money, and the Law is about how to ask for a prenuptial agreement. I'm here to save you from the trauma of divorce, and I believe that prenuptial agreements are the best way to do just that. I also want to emphasize that nothing here is legal advice. The purpose of this information is to bring awareness to issues that are a part of these contracts. If you decide that this is something you want to do, then you and your partner will each need to contact an attorney in your state to see how the issues apply to your personal circumstances. Here's the simple truth. A prenup is the biggest gift of love you can give to your future spouse. It's not about preparing for divorce or a lack of trust for each other. Consider instead that crafting a marriage contract is a warm, loving, generous, respectful, and supportive thing to prepare for your life together. That feels different. You say, okay, I get it, but I'm not sure how my fiance may feel. Or you and, me and your fiance may share some of the same ideas, feelings, and illusions about prenuptial agreements. Here are the five most common objections to prenups and how a few of my clients have addressed them. Number one, we don't need anything in writing. It's a heartless, calculating, cynical, and demeaning thing to ask. A prenup reduces marriage to a cold business deal. I could never do that to the one I love. Laws are already in place for divorce or death. You can remind them gently that all of those reasons are why lawyers like me have jobs when things go wrong. Number two, I wouldn't marry you if I didn't trust you. I know you love me for me. Even if she needs her residency status and has absolutely no money whatsoever. I know this is not very nice, but it happens to good people all the time. There's a wonderful old adage, trust and verify. If your fiance is reluctant to talk about the financials that are a part of the agreement, maybe it's the right time to ask, is there any reason you don't want to talk about disclosing our books to each other? Better sooner than later. Number three, a prenup is bad luck. Hmm, I've not ever crafted one adding a bad luck clause or including any type of bad luck mojo ceremony. A great comeback I've heard work before is, well, let's not let superstition stop us from looking at something very important for our future. Number four, it makes it easy to divorce. Well, these contracts do make the divorce process a lot easier and certainly less expensive, but you can let them know that it's the no-fault statutes across the country that have made divorce easier 
not prenuptial agreements. Number five, another objection may be, if I bring up the subject of a prenup, my fiance will be hurt, offended, and insulted. This concern may arise because you feel like a prenup means don't touch my money and my stuff. So let's talk about that. The reality is that not all marriages work. Having a plan in place that is crafted during a positive, enthusiastic time in the life cycle of your relationship is a responsible way to approach your life. I suggest that you consider a marriage contract as part of an overall estate plan. What can be more loving than to financially care for each other and to make lifestyle commitments? Think first in terms of creating an estate plan and making provisions for your spouse. There may be some tweaking to do in the communication department in order to bring up the subject, but this is a positive, truthful, and caring approach. So I suggest that my clients enter the conversation about prenups with the same intention they would enter a conversation about an estate plan. I ask them, why do you make an estate plan? Why do you plan for the end? They usually say something like, well, to be responsible to your loved ones, right? To make provision, care for them, and consider their needs in the event you're not around, as in on this planet. A prenup includes this intention and much more. While it's true that your initial motivation may be to protect your assets in case of divorce, you also have the opportunity to consider every aspect of your life together, just as the two of you envision it to be. This kind of careful estate planning only enhances a love affair. Here's why. What's the foundation for being in love? An emotional and spiritual bond. Feelings of security and connection, all of which spark that magical chemistry and sensational intimacy. If your intention for marriage is based on love, then taking full advantage of demonstrating exactly how you want to provide for each other at the time of marriage is priceless. If there's a disparity in income, then you have the chance to show how that gap can be closed according to your terms, not the state you live in. You may even want to do more for your spouse than what would otherwise be provided for by law in exchange for staying in control of the management of your own financial affairs. Stay-at-home parents can particularly benefit. This is an opportunity to value the contributions of a mom or dad who devotes all or part of their life to raising children or exclusively to making a warm home. How much is a mom worth, or a dad, or a woman or man whose lifelong focus is to create, maintain, and hold an inviting space for their family? No matter how you feel about traditional family roles, placing a dollar amount on all the efforts of a stay-at-home parent, combined with the cost of removing oneself from the workplace to develop a career, adds up to a very large number. Consider this contribution against the financial support from the working spouse. This is one equitable way to calculate in advance an annual amount for the stay-at-home spouse during marriage in the event of divorce. What's a better way to say I love you than deliberately honoring each other as an equal partner no matter what contributions each of you will make? A prenup is marriage insurance. 
particularly since most every state in the country has some form of no-fault divorce. That means if one of you wants to end the marriage, it's over. You don't need a reason to divorce other than, I don't like you anymore, you snore, or I finally had enough of what I didn't want in the first place. Marriage and remarriage rates are high, like it or not. Many states have adopted the Uniform Premarital Agreement Act, which helps in uniform drafting and enforcement. Your contract will reflect, however, which state law applies in the event it is contested during divorce. Here's how I prepare clients to broach this delicate topic. Just follow this prenup conversation template. Number one, decide in advance how you'll offer the why of creating a contract. Number two, create a relaxing atmosphere that invites open, safe conversation. Number three, take a deep breath to relax. Number four, begin with a gentle demeanor. Set a loving intention and be aware of the tone of your voice. Number five, introduce the subject First, how to begin an estate plan. Number six, show that your goal is to be responsible, fair, reasonable, and to value your partner and your life as a couple. Number seven, present the subject in terms of a short and long-term vision. For example, I want to consider our life together in the long-term big picture. In order to do that, let's talk about our immediate goals and everyday ways to manage our finances as well is what we would do in the event of death or divorce. Number eight, point to the solutions for the potential problems. Number nine, explain that you must insist on having separate lawyers. There are many reasons for this, but it's primarily to avoid the potential claim of not understanding what terms are in the contract. Number 10, hold back from making any final decisions about specific terms or issues the first time you bring up the topic. Give yourselves time to carefully consider how to address things unique to your life together. Rinse and repeat as necessary. Just because the first conversation may not go well, that doesn't mean the topic is over. Try again, or they might even bring it up on their own. As you can see, everything is on the table before marriage. I believe this is the best foundation possible for growing closer and more emotionally intimate. Emotional intimacy will enhance every aspect of your relationship together. I hope you found this information helpful. Go to lovemoneylaw.com and check out our resources, including a webinar about prenuptial agreements and links to videos and podcasts about marriage and divorce. I'm Cindy Hyde for Love, Money, and the Law. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Love, Money, and the Law. Be sure to subscribe to receive a note about the next topic. When you subscribe, it helps support this effort to bring you independent insights into topics that matter in your family and beyond.